Welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for exceptional 21st century living. We have a very unique show. Today we have Stephanie James joining us, and she's talking about her book, The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. So in this time of COVID, if you're stuck, if you are fearful, if you just don't know which way to turn, this is your show because this lady can unstuck you like unstucking can never be done by anybody else. <laughs> She's very good at um, her job and uh, the tips and techniques that she shares. So I'm quite sure that you will enjoy the show and more importantly, enjoy the book. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that is holding you back, but you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth, I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I also authored two books. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask, Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can hope. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My guest today, uh, Stephanie James, is a seasoned psychotherapist, a dynamic public speaker, published author, and filmmaker. Uh, Stephanie uh, delivers her message in a powerful way to help others find their own internal sparks and create their very best lives at the next level. She was nominated for Fort Collins Women of the Year in 2014, and as a graduate of the University of Denver, Stephanie has an unrelenting commitment to helping others ignite their very best lives and to become the best versions of themselves. The Spark with Stephanie Janes is a worldwide weekly radio and podcast created to help you live your very best life. Her book, The Spark, her film, When Sparks Ignite, uh, you can find out more about her by going to her website, and that is stephaniejames.world, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-J-A-M-E-S dot world, W-O-R-L-D. Stephanie, love it, world, you're covering everybody. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. <laughs> Greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. So excited to be on here with you. I was just listening to all the amazing things you do, and I was just absolutely so even more excited to be on this show with you. What a okay. delight. Well, thank you. You know, we're kind of on the same wavelengths. We're all about helping people make their lives better. And I, I like how you say, um, what is it, in the you know, your future, you, you, it's coming to you. You're not stuck. You know, take it to that next mm -hmm. level. And we're all struggling to get there, especially right now during this time of, well, lockdown or semi-lockdown, I guess, depending mm -hmm. on where you live. But definitely a time to be uh, careful and cautious. So when you use the metaphor of the spark, what does that mean to you and how can other people apply it into their lives? Yeah, so great question because obviously the spark is my brand. Spark is everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, what spark truly is, it's our essence. It's our internal spark. So some people might call that the God spark. They might call that our spirit. Um, it's mm -hmm. the part of us that no matter what circumstances happen, um, it's like I, I believe the Sufi said, you know, water can't wet it, the wind can't blow it out, fire can't burn it. It's that part of us that's always ignited 
even when life can tend to bog us down or cover it up. So there's ways that we can excavate it so that we can allow those sparks to truly shine within us. And so that's, that's really where that, that comes from. Okay. And I absolutely love that. Um, but during this time where everybody's closed in, closed off, it seems like the spark has dimmed or might have even mm. blown out for some people. How do we increase it if it's still lit and how to reignite it mm-hmm. if we've blown it out? Yeah, yes. Well, if, if we've blown it out, we've, we've just actually just stopped seeing it. Because, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's down below the surface. So sometimes it does just take a little time. We, we can reignite it more fully. And I honestly, what, what I teach people, one of the ways that we can reignite the sparks in our life, a lot of us get so burnt out because we're taking care of other people or uh-huh. like right now with the lockdown, we can start feeling trapped in our circumstances. And so the thing to remember is that actually the point of power is always in the present moment. So we have the power right this moment to start taking care of and befriending ourselves. And, you know, as you know from the book, I mean, I really talk about how to befriend ourselves because it's not this old cliche thing of like, oh, just love yourself. Just, you know, be your own best friend. (laughs) You know, I mean, I know that, you know, from over 30 years in the, you know, personal development and mental health field, it's not that easy. It's not a light switch that we just turn on and, you know, life is good. Uh So I know, you know, it it takes some process to do that. So what I encourage people to do is, number one, it it can feel a little counterintuitive because I think we're told if you take care of yourself first, then you're being selfish. And actually nothing could be further from the truth. It's that old, you know, it's, it's that old saying of, you know, put on your own oxygen mask first when you're in the airplane in case of emergency, because then you can better assist others. Uh And that is really true. So I really invite people to become priorities in their own life. And what that means and what that would look like is looking at what are the things, you know, and I I didn't write about it in the book, but I talk a lot about the three C's, which are awesome questions to ask yourself in the morning to start taking care of yourself. Uh And the first one would be just that. How do I take care of myself today? The first C is care. So maybe that, you know, I always recommend people do 10 minutes of exercise, 10 minutes of meditation, and 10 minutes in gratitude, where you're writing out all your gratitudes, putting your hand on your chest, and just marinating on that. Uh And even when times are rough, you know, we, we can find things to be grateful for. I mean, today I could just say grateful for waking up in a warm bed. Exactly. <laughs> I was, you know, grateful for, for hot water at my house and having dear friends that live in Austin, you know, when they experience uh-huh. that whole big, huge snowstorm, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am so thankful for heat in my home. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I have clean water to drink, you know, so we can start coming up with things and really allow it to marinate in our heart so it really has some meaning. Uh-huh. And then the second C is how can I connect with others today? And so we know that we're interdependent beings. We need one another. And so not just texting. Texting doesn't quite seem to have <laughs> the same resonance. So, you know, it's, it's a voice-to-voice call. Better if you could do a FaceTime call or a Zoom call. You're looking in each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'll also say find ways to connect to yourself. Like what lights you up? What makes you feel good? If I'm connected to myself, for me, one of the things that, that I do is I dance or I sing or I meditate. Those are my big connectors to me, to mm-hmm. my spirit. Um, and then the third thing is how can I be creative today? And so that doesn't mean that you need to be an artist or you need to write a book. Sometimes the way that we're creative is we can write a song list of like our top 10 songs on Spotify that, that mm-hmm. make us feel really good and mm-hmm. listen to those. You know, get, get out. I love these adult coloring books. And if you don't want to follow in the lines, create your own thing. Um, and actually, we can, we can be creative and create novelty in our lives just by taking a walk in a different way than we usually go. 
uh-huh. by trying to be creative in, in the, the activities that we want to do during the day. Because when we're in flow, that's also when we're igniting that spark within us. You know, we, we kind of lose track of time. And the, here's the thing. When, when we do these kind of things for ourselves in the morning and really take care of ourselves, then it's like we're priming ourselves and we can have just much better and more fulfilling, more meaningful day as we move forward. Yes, we can. But sometimes, and I want to go back to um, the second of the C's, and that's connecting with self, especially during the uh, this pandemic, I've noticed people who call me from all over the world that they've kind of forgotten who they are. They've got so wrapped mm. up in the drama, if you will, mm-hmm. of the pandemic. And not that it's not real. I truly believe that it's real. Okay. I had COVID, yeah, yeah. So I, I get it. But they get so, I don't know, wrapped up in the drama that they can't or they've forgotten their sense of self. How do you discover mm-hmm. that again? Well, one of the ways that I have found that's really helpful, because I I totally hear what you're saying, and I've had, you know, I'm also a transformational life coach, so I've had lots of people, even that are, are, you know, quote-unquote thriving, take Mm -hmm. some nosedives during this time. And I think that is true, what you're saying, that that does really happen. And so one of the things we have to get back to is what are the things and this is going to sound simplistic, but it's just one of the breakthrough points. What are the things that used to, you can start with that, if nothing mm-hmm. feels like it's bringing you pleasure now, what are the things that used to bring you pleasure? Or what, what are the things that you actually stopped and plugged into that would bring you pleasure? And you go through it in all of your senses. So again, it's breaking it down simplistically, but I can tell you, like one of the pleasures for me when I wake up in the morning is I open up all the shades in, the, in my front of, the, of my house. I have this big picture window, and it always mm-hmm. floods the house with light. Mm-hmm. No matter if it's a gray day or if it's a sunny day, it just changes the light in the house. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love the sound of the coffee grinder, the smell of coffee in the morning, that first sip. I love the warmth of my dog as I hug and rub my dog in the morning. I mean, it's so... Mm-hmm. You, you start writing this list, and what we know happens is as we focus on something, our mind experiences it as happening now. And so that's why people can get themselves really caught when they're worried about what's going to happen in the future and, oh, my gosh, what if, what if. None of that is happening now, mm-hmm. but when our mind thinks in pictures and experiences it as now, we get flooded with that, you know, cortisol and adrenaline and we're having a physiological response to that thought well the same thing is true if we're ruminating about the past but the beautiful thing is is that we can utilize this in holding up the picture of what we want to be focused on and what Mm -hmm. we focus on expands so to first start defining what is it you know what is it that I enjoy what is it that brings me pleasure the small things it could be walking outside. Um, I always love looking at the sky, no matter what the sky looks like, hearing Mm -hmm. the birds, you know, breathing in the fresh air. Because I think part of what this is calling us to do is to get really present. Mm. We can get in a a trance and we're not really being present to our own lives. So part part of, you know, discovering ourselves is waking up to this moment Mm-hmm. I'm plugging in right now. Okay. So basically it's going back to the simple pleasures in life, whatever simple pleasures you find pleasurable. And it doesn't have to match what anybody else is uh-uh. uh, defining uh-uh. as pleasurable. So it's coming back to self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the pandemic yeah, has definitely and, and taught us that. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's it's been this worldwide invitation to come within. And, you know, I really, I believe that, you know, it's, while it's been amazingly challenging for so many people, it also really is this opportunity to explore that, that Uh we're not having to go outside and be somebody for anybody else. Mm-hmm. As much as, you know, we're working from home or we're, we're at home so much more. We're not as social as we used to be. 
So it actually, there's also an opportunity here to reinvent ourselves and to really take that inventory of not just what brings me pleasure, because I think that's one of the things I invite people, like calendarize that, put that on your calendar, make sure you're plugging in and starting to notice the things that make you feel good. And I think we can even take it a step deeper of taking some inventory, you know, writing down on a daily list, you know, what am I finding that's meaningful for me today? And I'm really into this thing of, you know, the, the bookends of our day. Uh-huh. And so that first bookend being like what we talked about earlier, ways of priming your, your brain and your mind and your body first thing in the morning. But the last thing at night, I think, you know, Wayne Dyer talked about the last five minutes before we go to bed is when we're mm-hmm. marinating, you know, what, whatever it is we're thinking about, we're going to be marinating on for the next, you know, seven, eight, nine hours, no matter how long we sleep subconsciously. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So to really start working on how can I prime my brain? And one of the ways that we do that to go into this unconscious sleep is I, I used to use forever. Um, I call it, uh, you know, whether it's, it can be a memento, it could be for me, it was an orange rock that I would hold on to every night that a friend had given me out of her creek in Arkansas. And it was just perfectly fitted in the palm of my hand. And I used it for muscle memory. Uh And I had that rock on my nightstand to remind me to do this. And so you pick up this object, whatever it is to you. And as you hold it, you think and say to yourself, what is the best thing that happened today? It could be what is the thing that held the most meaning for me today? And it might be something, again, very small. It might be something, you know, great. It could be a phone call with somebody. It could be the greatest thing that happened today is, you know, I had snuggle time with my dog, Jules. Um, it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what it is. What is important is that you hold it in your mind and you bring up all of your senses again. Mm-hmm. You're truly experiencing it. Now, this is positive for two reasons. One is whenever we hold something up in our brain and we re-experience it again like this, you know, we have these brains that have this natural negativity bias. So yes. they're always kind of scanning, scanning the environment, right, for like mm-hmm. signs of a threat. Um, you know, uh, it's trying to protect us, but it's not necessarily really positive. So we always say, you know, negative experiences are like Velcro in the brain. The brain holds on to those so we can remember those. So if we touch the hot stove when we're five, we don't have to touch it again. We already get it. It's filed mm-hmm. away. And then good, you know, positive experiences are like, you know, a Teflon pan and fried eggs. It's just sliding right out. So, mm-hmm. you know, what we have to do is tell our brain, remind our brain by doing an exercise like this, like, hey, pay attention. This is important. And that's how we get these things to stick. So when you hold, you know, this object and you hold up in your mind this awesome or, you know, meaningful or, you know, just important best part of your day, you're telling your brain it's important pay attention to this, you're much more likely to have, you know, better sleep as you get into this habit. To say it takes, of course, like 21 to 30 days for something to become a habit. And I just Mm -hmm. get really wonderful results back from my clients who come back and say, wow, you know, what, what happens then is because of the way our brains work, the next day, subconsciously, your brain still kind of now starts scanning the environment for, how. I wonder what's going to be the best part of this day. So it's a really different orientation that starts to take place. Okay. Folks, we're speaking with Stephanie James. The book is The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. The website, stephaniejames.world. Again, that's stephaniejames.world. You know, Stephanie, when I read the books, I uh, read the books and I write down questions as I'm reading. And then the morning over the night before the podcast, I'll point out, uh, print out the um, questions that I would like you know, that you've sent or other authors have sent. And it's amazing how in sync ours, uh, our questions are. And the next question I want to mm. ask you is, um, in your uh, chapter on uh, revving up relationships, you talk about mm-hmm. the art of apology. And so many people find it so difficult to apologize First of all, why is that, and what can, how can we benefit greatly from the art of apology? 
Great question. Yes. You know, I think what, what makes it hard to apologize sometimes, it's, and I think people are sincere in their apologies um, a lot of times, and they're not using the right words. They're not conveying it in a way that it's truly being received um, mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. And, I, I, and, and to answer, I think, the other part of that is I think sometimes we don't even realize it, but when we say we're, you know, people have a hard time saying, you know, I'm sorry, because if they do, it's as if they're giving up a part of themselves, like their ego self. It's, it's hard to admit sometimes that we're wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, it was interesting when I was uh, speaking with Harriet Lerner, um, who mm-hmm. wrote the book, Why Can't You Say I'm Sorry, which is such a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, it talked about that sometimes when people don't have a really strong ego structure, it's almost like they're on this very shaky ground. And to say, I'm sorry, all of a sudden, you know, the ground falls out from underneath them. And it's kind of like they lose themselves. And so it takes someone, you know, it, it takes something to be able to hold on to yourself. You're not losing yourself. Mm-hmm. So that you can still be, you're, you're not giving anything away. Um, you can still be fully inside yourself and to say, I'm sorry. And so, and I think that there's such an important distinction between a good apology and an apology that doesn't work. Because we've all had the apology where someone says, oh, you know, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I was, you know, w- whatever comes after that, right? Uh-huh. So we know the but um, it negates everything. It negates yeah. everything before it, right? Yeah, it's, it's a BS, but not belief system or along the lines of bullshit. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so yeah. So it's like what, and and then we also hear the one well. Um, you know, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, again, like, like mm-hmm. I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, that's not taking any personal responsibility mm-hmm. for the injury or for the wound that was caused. Mm-hmm. So, Monique, let's, let's say um, I had really hurt your feelings. I had said something and unintentionally hurt your feelings. And if you had said to me, Stephanie, gosh, you know, that, that really hurt or, you know, mm-hmm. you really hurt me when you said that. I want mm-hmm. you to feel the difference between if I said to you, well, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I was really busy and, um, yeah, um, I'm sorry, yeah, but <laughs> I didn't really, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to. Mm, it does, yeah, you know. not sincere. At least, you know, when, I, when I'm taking the energy of that, that doesn't seem sincere because it's like, well... Yeah, it d- you say the word, but it's not, there's no mm-hmm. uh, meaning behind it that you can feel in your heart and soul. Yes, yeah. And it's almost like saying, I'm sorry, because I just want to get out of it, and I want you to quit being upset, and so I want you to not talk to me about it or call me on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll hear people, I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, like get over it. Mm-hmm. So, so I, now feel how this feels different. So if I said, instead to you, Monique, wow, so the words that I said to you really landed in a way that that hurt your heart or that really offended you. And wow, I can imagine what that would feel like if, mm-hmm. you know, you had said that to me and how that must have landed. And I am so sorry for, you know, hurting your feelings in that way. And I, you know, I want to really be conscious about what I'm saying um, I, I obviously wasn't being very conscious when I said that to you. You mean a lot to me, and I'm really going to be more thoughtful and tuned in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, next time we're speaking. And, you know, I just, I really do sincerely apologize. And that feels like, wow, she listened, she paid attention, she really means what she's saying, you know, um, Mm-hmm. And at the heart and soul level, it feels good. But Stephanie, what happens when someone says the second version of what you said, but then their behavior doesn't change? They keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. To me, that's not an apology or at least not a sincere one. What are your thoughts? No, 
No, I absolutely agree with you. If, if we're going to apologize for something, we're taking ownership for our behavior, our words, you know, whatever our actions are or were. And I think in doing that, then, you know, that's the commitment. It's not just like, you know, when I said to you, I'm going to really pay attention to, you know, I want to be more conscious about how I'm speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Then that really needs to be the intent. Um, it, it is very rewounding to say, I'm sorry, you know, for whatever it is, and then to continue the behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, there's, there's obviously a, a bigger issue there if someone's apologizing and they're doing the same thing over and over again. To me, that would be like, okay, well, sounds like maybe you might need, um, you know, some outside help if that behavior is <laughs> not willing to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's interfering. Um, but, but definitely, I, I would really be concerned, you know, what the person I'm in relationship with, if they keep doing the same thing, then I need to really reevaluate where we're at in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, folks, if you feel, at least my opinion is, if you feel that the person isn't honoring you um, and it's repeated and there's no shift in the energy, you can let it go if you want. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. but you can let it go if you want. It's amazing the uh, amount of women that have been married long term, talking 20, 30, 40 years, and they're still experiencing this with their significant other where things just aren't Mm-mm. shifting and they're stuck in that space of, okay, well, I've been with this so long. I'm so used to this. Do I stay in this energy or do I graduate myself from this energy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It becomes difficult. Well, that's the trap, right? I think that's the trap because our brains also thrive on the familiar. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, you know, maybe this isn't good, but I'm, I'm used to it. Mm. You know, I, and I hear that all the time with, you know, clients I work with. And I, I really love what you're saying, Monique, because it really is about, you know what, we, we don't have to stay stuck in that energy. And if that other side, the energy is not willing to shift and keeps repeating the wound. I always say, you know, when we're wounded in relationship, it's like a rupture. Mm-hmm. And so you think about, like, think about it like a water pipe, like a big concrete water pipe. And every time there's this issue or this problem, there's a rupture in the pipe. Well, if you don't repair it, mm. if there's not a true repair, all the water is going to leak out. All the love, all the energy is going to leak out. There'll be nothing left. And mm-hmm. so I really feel like you know, we're in this life experience to, to truly, fully experience it. And so to keep yourself limited in that place where you're miserable and repeating the pattern day after day, yeah, you know, that thing of life is too short. I mean, we're meant to shine. We're meant to be in a state of love and joy and partnership. Mm-hmm. And so, it's really... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no, tomorrow's not promised. So, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's important to live to today. Now, while you're discovering your spark and igniting um, your very best life, it's not always um, sunshine and rainbows and fluffy clouds. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a dark cloud and the rainbow went away and all of that. Um, In your book, you talk about a friend of yours or um, someone within your circle, I should probably say, who tried to take their life three times. And share with the audience your experience and how you felt and how you were interacting with this person to perhaps help them. Yeah, well, you know, I I think the the biggest thing was uh, this person was amazingly close to me and has, you know, asked that I not reveal too many details about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I can say though is that it was life changing for me, um, and and I was there with this person every time they were in ICU, uh, you know, for a mm-hmm. week at a time over the course of a year and a half, and you know it was absolutely devastating, and I would say um, it really gave me clarity into what's important in my own life, and. It, it, 
it really, I, at the time I was working at an elementary school as a school counselor, and I, and I loved it, but my dream had always been to be in private practice. Mm-hmm. So when this event happened um, over the course of a year and a half, there, there was a moment where I was literally on recess duty, and I'll never forget it, um, this plane flew overhead and reminded me um, of this person, and I literally, literally hit my knees on the playground. Like just, I'd been keeping all the sorrow within me. I'd been Mm -hmm. being strong for all the people involved, and all of a sudden it was like, I just felt overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And what was the result of that is I went inside and I spoke with my principal and said, I need to take some time off. You know, I really, I've been holding all this energy and support and care for that last year and a half when all that was going on. And so I ended up taking a year off, or a year off, excuse me, a month off mm-hmm. from school and just really did some soul searching. I mean, deep meditation, deep prayer, lots of journal writing, um, did some therapy work, did some EMDR, which is a trauma protocol. Uh, mm-hmm. after experiencing all of that. And the result was I was like, I'm going to live my dream. I went to graduate school to become a private <laughs> practice psychotherapist. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, and elementary school was great. I, I did it for a decade. I loved it. It was beautiful raising my girls. And yet, you know, my soul was wanting to help in a different way, in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. And so what was the immediate result of that is I went three days a week part-time at school. I cut back to three days a week and opened my private practice for two days a week. Mm-hmm. And literally, it, it was serendipity. And I'm telling you, miracles started happening once I made that step into, quote-unquote, my bigger life, you know, a, my best life or a better version, which continues to evolve and expand. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I mean, it was one of those life catalysts that definitely catapulted me into a whole, and I think that that can happen for all of us because life isn't always rosy. And I think, you know, oftentimes it's those challenges and those difficulties that become a match point within us that can ignite something that then becomes our gift that we give to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we're willing to look at the lesson as it's presented to us, sometimes we just like, choose to ignore it. Um, In your book, you talk about letting go of labels and how labels can hold us back. Talk to us more about that. First of all, what do you define as a label? Because I say, I'm a mom. Is that a a label or I'm a wife or I'm a dog girl owner? That takes, to me, that takes away from the essence of who Monique is in her Mm -hmm. spirit. So talk to us about the labels that either we give ourselves or other people place upon us. Yes. So I I think, you know, it it can be our roles. I mean, what you were talking about to me is more like our role. You know, yes, it's, you know, like we do play all those roles. And yet, like you were saying, Monique's spirit is uniquely different and beyond those roles. Mm-hmm. but I do think, you know, we can mislabel ourselves as well when, you know, especially, you know, in childhood, I feel like the first seven years of our life, we're in state of brainwave state, which means that we're super susceptible to any kind of input. So whatever, whatever people said about us that we heard, uh, things that were modeled to us about us became really subconsciously started becoming held in beliefs and oftentimes limiting beliefs and false beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we can label ourselves also as not just our roles, but, for example, when I was in elementary school, you know, I, I'll never forget, Mrs. Hoven, our, I'm not trying to call her out here, but our, <laughs> our, our, our art teacher, <laughs> um, she, you know, she wasn't digging some of the, you know, purple trees and and different things that I was drawing, and so the message that I got because she wasn't hanging up my art mm-hmm. was, you know, I, I'm not an artist. Wow. And yeah. And so, you know, that I carried that through my life, even mm-hmm. though I, I actually, I'm not that I have anything, you know, that I would <laughs> sell as an art, but I love painting. I love creating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, and, you know, and, and I'm a writer and a singer and I've done all these things, you know, so I am an artist in, in so many other ways, but I had limited myself because I'd had that negative label. Uh-huh. You know, I carried that around for a long time. So I think, I think what we can do is we, when we label ourselves, also, I think if we have a condition, like I work with a lot of different clients that have had, you know, diseases or something where they have a physical limitation. And we can label ourselves like this. And I remember having a conversation with a woman and I said, you know, yes, you know, she, she had been diagnosed with cancer. And I said, and you are not cancer. You're not going to shake someone's hand and say, hi, I'm cancer. (laughs) Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a part of, it might be a part of us. And so we have to deal with that and we have to tend to it, but it does not define us. Like you said, I love it. You know, you're like your essence, your spark is so much more than that. So we are so much more than the roles that we play or the labels that people have put on us. And I think that a helpful way to start breaking through that is first to get really clear about what those negative labels are or what the labels are that you put on yourself. And then just to see them as that, uh-huh. you know, and, and the wonderful things about, like, if you got something from the store, you could peel the label off. Uh-huh. You don't have to keep the label on. Well, the same thing is true for you. You don't have to keep that label on. You can peel it off and see what's really underneath, which is the, the true essence of you. And to start shaking through those labels because in essence if if we excavate whatever it is i mean i i could be you know i'm a psychotherapist i'm a filmmaker i'm an author none of that matters because inside what i truly am is i'm i'm just you know i just laugh i'm i'm still that little girl that gets excited over (laughs) nature and and animals and i just you know i love to play and i just have a Mm -hmm. joyful heart you Mm -hmm. know that's that's who i am that's just who i am and so I think we have to, and that doesn't mean I don't have negative things in my life or challenges. I mean, I think that's a real misnomer that I always want to speak to. I mean, we're all going to have challenges. Yeah, Nobody gets out of this life unscathed. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's part, of the, part of the gig here. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because circumstances happen, it doesn't mean that we lose that inner flame that is us. And so mm-hmm. when we tend to that fire, you know, by meditation, by grounding, by making ourselves priority in our own lives. A lot of the things we've been talking about already today, we can keep that lit within us. And so it really does, you know, infuse life with meaning where we can shed some of these labels. And right now it's a wonderful time again, as we're spending more time indoors or more time alone um, it is one of those times you can reinvent yourself and say, okay, these are the negative labels that I've put on myself or that have been put on me. What do I want to believe about myself instead? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to become a person that I am proud of. It doesn't matter what other people think. You know, I, I have to look into my own eyes in the mirror. So, yes. yeah, so embracing that. And, and instead of maybe labels, just embracing qualities. Like, I want to be conscious. I want to be um, compassionate. I want to be kind. I want to be a loving, open heart. Those are the things I think maybe we, we could feel into and shake off the bigger labels. Okay. I agree. And, folks, you know what? If you keep doing the same thing, especially during COVID, you know, you're sitting there watching TV 24-7 or playing games 24-7, but in the back of your mind, you're thinking that you want things to be different. It's not going to change if you keep doing what you're doing. you got to break out mm-hmm. of that velvet rut, as I call it, and do something new. Take a chance. It might fail. Yay! Because you tried it. it. You know, everything that we do isn't supposed to be picture perfect. Um, I think society grooms us to believe it's supposed to be that way. But everything that we do isn't picture perfect. And it's okay if you step out of that safety net that you're, you know, balancing yourself on and try something else. And if you fall, something will catch you. Don't worry. Something will catch you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? I love that. Yes. 
It's just a matter of doing it. Now, you said this uh, word a few times, and I want you to talk to the audience about it, and that's the importance of using the words, I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So powerful. You know, th- this is the, the great I am, um, and I, I think that how we define ourselves is really important, and you know, and I even take it a step deeper. You know, we, we've all heard of affirmations and how important that is. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, one, one of the challenges I love, I did this with a girlfriend last year. We did 40 days of 40 I am statements that we had to write out every morning for 40 days. And then we'd uh, call each other and read them to one another. Mm-hmm. And it was really powerful. You really start to feel what it is that you're taking on. Okay, so this, this really does fit perfectly with the labels conversation we were just having. But when I say I take it a step deeper, I think, you know, I invite people to write down 15, let's say 15 to 20 I am statements. Mm-hmm. Really important that it's all what you are, not what you are not. Because a lot of times people say, I am not, let's say, grouchy. Well, our brain negates the not. Our brain doesn't hear the mm-hmm. not. We think in, we think in pictures. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, your brain is just seeing I am grouchy. So you want to write down what it is you want, you know, what I want to be, mm-hmm. not what I don't want to be. So it would be, you know, I am flourishing. I am abundant. I am you know, kind. I am exuberant, oh. whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I am love. I am the love. I mean, I just, I love all that. And so a, a thing that can help is write all those down. You want to say them out loud. And then again, you know, put your hand on your heart and marinate on the feeling. Give them a feeling quality. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's so important. Anyone that starts these practices just tell yourself, I don't have to do this forever. I think if we tell ourselves, oh, I got to do this from now on, there's a little yeah. inner rebel in us that like <laughs> sets us up and is like, I'm not going to do this. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so what can be helpful is to say, okay, for the next week, and, and you can just start with saying, I'm going to do it for seven days and see how I feel with the mm-hmm. goal of being 21 to 30 days. And you start this practice. And again, this takes five minutes. These aren't really huge time constraints here. But it's really, again, it's like you're giving your heart, mind, body, and soul like some fuel mm-hmm. by saying those things, marinating in that feeling, and giving yourself that little extra juice. Now, we know if, let's say that, let's say I'm overweight and my affirmation is I am healthy and fit. Mm-hmm. Well, I could say that all day long and that I'm not going to be healthy and fit. You know, even though I'm okay. affirming it every single day. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I think that's important is, and, and I love this, I went to a Tony Robbins event uh, in New York City three years ago and he, you know, he said, you don't go into a garden full of weeds and just say there's no weeds, there's no weeds, there's no weeds. <laughs> you actually have to you actually have to pull the weeds, okay. right? And and right. so so with our affirmations, what can be really powerful is to do an add-on, which is kind of an action step. So mm-hmm. it's one or two things after your affirmation. So when I do my affirmations, I actually have them in categories. I do them in life categories. Mm-hmm. So I look at things I am, you know, that I want to be, let's say, financially health and fitness, spiritually, relationships, social, career. And then underneath those, for example, we'll use the, you know, I am healthy and fit. Then my Mm -hmm. action step would be I make nutritional food choices daily and Mm -hmm. I work out 45 minutes, five days a week. So when I have those down and I'm saying those out loud every day, Mm-hmm. This is what's really, really cool, Monique, is that when we say these things out loud, what starts to happen is it's like it starts laying this track. You know, we start getting this neural pathway built up in our brain. Yes. And so what happens is if we eventually, let's say after 30 days of saying this out loud, we're feeling it in our heart, 
what happens if we instead, let's say I decide, you know what, that Twinkie looks amazing, I'm going to go for that. There's something called cognitive dissonance, which means because I've been affirming to myself over and over again that I am healthy and fit and I am a person Mm -hmm. who makes healthy and nutritious food choices daily, it will actually cause me to pause Mm -hmm. because that doesn't fit my image of myself any longer. And so I am so much more less likely to go for that Twinkie because it doesn't fit. And so oftentimes in behavioral change, all we need is that pause. We, so we're, it's not automatic. We're not in the trance. We're not unconscious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the moment we do that, we actually realize, well, again, there's the, the point of power. We have a choice. And we can say, you know what? That really doesn't serve me. That doesn't fit. And so I'm going to make a different choice. Okay. And if you give in to that choice, don't beat yourself up. Just start again. Yeah. I mean, it's not gonna, it, you're not going to serve yourself by beating yourself up. That's definitely for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but to keep on the path. You know, I, I think one of the things, a lot of times people go, well, you know, this, uh, so many of these things seem so simplistic. How can they possibly work? And then they don't try them. Mm-hmm. And the key is that they actually, they really do work. <laughs> and it's repetition. You know, we've all learned things, whether we realize it or not, through repetition. Yep. Wrote. When we, you know, yeah, rote memory. When we were learning how to tie our shoes, we, I mean, that was, I remember that being tricky, you know, doing the, <laughs> when I first was tying my shoes and doing the one big bunny ear and then wrapping the other bunny ear around. And it took more than one time to get it. Yeah. So thank God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing shoes today, which means, you know, I, I had to tie my <laughs> shoes today. And so I, I know I finally learned it and now it's automatic. I don't even think about it. Right. Well, the same is true for all of this. As we start integrating this into our daily practice, eventually it does become that. It becomes assimilated into us. It becomes just a habit. But it's a habit that really, really serves us instead of some of these habits of, I'm going to watch news first thing in the morning or I'm going to do, you know. And I always tell people, dear God, please don't watch news first thing in the morning or last thing at night. If you need to catch up, you can do it in the day. You want to be priming your brain, your heart, mind, body, and soul with things that serve you, things that really lift you up and light you up inside. Yes, not depression <laughs> that the news can definitely yes. be, especially the last four years. But thank God that little experiment is over. Um, when we go to your website, <laughs> World. what are we going to find there, and how do you work with people today? <laughs> yes. Well, um, what you're going to find there actually are so many offerings. One thing is a free gift. Um, I have a Ignite the Sparks Within free meditation. It's a guided mm-hmm. meditation. And it's, you know, it's short. It's, it's maybe eight minutes long. But it's, again, mm-hmm. one of those great ways you could prime your morning. So sign up for that. That's free. It will get sent to your email. Mm-hmm. And then you can also find out about the events that I'm doing. Um, this weekend, I'm actually, I'm speaking in Sedona at the Ascension. Oh. Well, yeah, it won't be actually when this is out, but mm-hmm. so, you know, speaking things, speaking events that I'm doing, um, my film, When Sparks Ignite, we're in the negotiation phase right now. Yay. Uh, <laughs> yay. Trying to see where it lands. So, you know, we'll see if it's Gaia or Netflix, Amazon Prime, we're just, um, just moving into negotiations after a year and a half of post-production editing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and people can sign up for my group um, or life coaching. I um, have a wonderful online group that meets via Zoom. It's the second and fourth Wednesday um, of the month. And it's the Ignite Your Best Life group. And we're actually using strategies and formulas from the book and expanding on them. And it's an open group. So I just really invite people to come in. It's just been, we've started the beginning of the year and it's a continually evolving group. So people can come in at any time. And I just really want to invite people to do that. So, I mean, you can get my books there. You can get my book on Amazon, but you can also get it right through the website there. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, well, folks, I have to say that her book is an easy read, um, very clear, and it's not cycle babble. So if some of you are turned off by that, um, you will not find that in this book. But she lays out clear steps for you to improve your life. Uh, she expects you to do the work. Okay, um, she's not <laughs> waving her magic wand for it to happen for you, but she uh, introduces you to so many tools and tips that you can utilize for a better life. So, uh, Stephanie, our time has gone so quickly. What pearl of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience today? You know, I think I would just want to say to everyone that it's never too late to live happily ever after. I used to have that sign in my kitchen, and I, and I truly, fully believe that. So you can start right now today by just making the choice that you want to step in to your best life. You don't have to do it all at once, but just by being gentle with yourself, just by starting to become your own true friend by saying, hey, I'm going to take care of you. I've got your back. And so today, you know, being willing to just take care of yourself to say, mm-hmm. what are the things I can do today to take care of myself, to connect to others, to be creative, and that as you do that, your healing and what you do for yourself is the biggest gift that you give to others. I really do feel like we are all in this together and that we really can help support one another. We can grow with and from one another. Mm-hmm. So your own healing matters. So just allowing yourself take care of you this day and knowing that then you become the pebble in the pond and the concentric circles of love and healing then radiate to all those around you. So the power is within you and you can do it. Wow, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for being such a fabulous guest today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Monique. So fun to be here with you and just love this time with you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, you're welcome. And to the audience, thank you for your time and attention. I truly appreciate you. And I want everyone to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of finding your spark and igniting it. Abundant blessings, light, and love to all. Agape.